Welcome to week four of the five weeks of Halloween, and welcome to Nerds Collide. What's up? What's No, we are not talking about Scream today. Damn, we ruined a perfectly good intro to <laughs> the... Uh... We wasted the good one on you. Yeah, we wasted it. <laughs> That's all right. So, uh, topic for today changed. Did change. Which is, I, I did guess, we, did we it, hype it's it good that we didn't. Last week? Yeah, okay. No. No, I think we we opted not to because we thought we might potentially do something else. And then... Then we did. Unbeknownst to us, we did something completely different from that. We did. <laughs> so, this is like... Like the third idea, third time's a charm. So, hopefully, uh, you, well, it is because we're sitting down and talking about it. <laughs> we got we got the topic. We got our notes. True, true. <laughs> so uh, you probably figured it out by the title, but uh, we're going back to Dark Harvest. This time we're talking about the film adaptation of Norman Partridge's novel. Uh, it was supposed to release in 2001 or 2001. It was supposed to release before the book. (laughs) (laughs) The book is based on the screenplay that was never finished. (laughs) Damn. And damn Norman Partridge. He took liberties with the story. (laughs) Yeah. Norman Partridge and someone. We, I won't say who, but I will say that it's Eli Roth. <laughs> um. It's funny because I, I even, we talked about the trailer of the movie, I believe, briefly at the end of our discussion yeah. on the book. And I think I even said, like, there's no way this movie's coming out this year. Well, you were wrong. And then two weeks later, <laughs> I was sitting down in front of my TV and I was watching Dark Harvest. I was sitting in the break room at work watching on my phone. Uh, the the joy of, of being able to stream anything anywhere almost. The possibilities are endless. So I bought two. <laughs> I bought a movie on YouTube this month and then I rented a, a movie on YouTube. And this is the first time I've ever done either of those things. <laughs> so, uh, out of, out of curiosity, how much was it to rent on it YouTube? Was, good question. I have it right here. It was five ninety nine. Okay, so we paid the same price. I rented it on on Apple TV through the okay. Apple TV app. Just rented. So it I almost there. I was debating between Prime and YouTube. Uh, I'm never choosing Prime for anything other than maybe Thursday. Well, night I don't football. have Apple TV. Um. I guess I could have done Google Play, but like, 
I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, so it was between YouTube and Amazon, and I was just thinking, I'll probably have, as long as YouTube exists, I will probably have YouTube. If <laughs> Amazon Prime, I could see at some point in my life just being, just deciding, well, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. YouTube <laughs> just seems uh, more essential to have. In a way, YouTube is the the most essential streaming app, except they're total dog shit when it comes to uh, <laughs> producing <laughs> original shows or promoting them. Except they did release the first two seasons of uh, Cobra Kai, I think, on YouTube TV. I might be totally wrong on that, but I... YouTube TV is completely out of my wheelhouse. I know nothing. <laughs> so I actually, uh, going back to Dark Harvest, I actually ended up running it twice. Uh-oh. Yeah, because I, I wanted to go back and do a rewatch just to, to comb through it again, make sure I didn't miss anything. So, yeah, I had had to pay that five ninety nine fee twice. Ooh. That's harsh. That ain't good. No, sorry. Well, it's not. It's not good when the movie's not good. Hey, so I get. Spoil- we can get spoilers. into it now. <laughs> I can't spoil my own thoughts on my own platform. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we'll get into the Dark Harvest in a minute. Uh, so, have you been doing anything to uh, to stay in the Halloween spirit since we last spoke? Uh, yeah, I guess a few things. I uh. Still was playing Resident Evil 4, and then I beat it. It took me 30 hours. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It took me 30 <laughs> hours to beat it because I was being slow, and it was scary. It was scary. And, uh... You scared? I was scared. I said... <laughs> I'll get to it in a second. Um, And I was trying to get all the collectibles, too. So, I beat it. And then, or all the treasures, I should say. And then I beat the game, and then I thought, you know, I bet I could beat it faster. So then I played it again, and I beat it in 15 hours. And I, then I then I unlocked, then I beat two of the DLC, uh, the downloadable content for it, uh, which was... Separate Ways, which is a campaign where you play as another character during the events of the game. And then another one where you play as that same character, but you're just going through five levels and trying to get a treasure at the end of it. It's only a 30-minute campaign, but it's super tough. And there's only so much ammo, so you gotta gotta conserve. But uh, then I thought... Oh, so for beating those the DLC, I got the ability to unlock an infinite ammo gun. And I thought, if I have infinite ammo, I could beat the game faster. <laughs> so I beat it again. And this time... <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that time it only took seven hours. <laughs> so Sounds like you definitely got your money's worth. Oh, yeah. And it was on sale for $10. I definitely got my money's worth. That takes a lot of patience. I've only there's only ever been one video game ever that I finished and immediately like 
went right back and turned it right back on. You said it on this podcast. Hold on. Let me tap into <laughs> my wealth of knowledge of Nerds Collide. Um, uh, it's between like two or three games. Is it Infamous? Or Killzone? Okay. No, you got it. It was Infamous. Okay. Infam- yeah, Infamous Second Son. Okay. Uh, to be specific, yeah. So a lot of that was just because I was broke at the time, and there was the PlayStation Four was brand new. Um, and there was no other games. <laughs> well, to get ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> we'll replay this, <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't imagine putting thirty hours into a game and then starting over again, and and then starting over a third time is just blowing my mind right now, Nichols. <laughs> Hey, I'm mind-blowing, you know? This is the most I've been consumed. Obviously, I've liked video games um, and, like, been obsessed with them. But this is probably since Tears of the Kingdom. And even before that was... I couldn't even tell you what the last video game that... my It consumed me entirely to where all I thought about and all I wanted to do was play it. And, uh, so, yeah. Since you brought up Tears of the Kingdom, I do have bad news about, about Tears of the Kingdom. So I stopped playing it to play Little Nightmares. Yeah. I, you know, I finished Little Nightmares weeks ago. That episode's already out. <laughs> <laughs> I've had zero desire to to return to Hyrule and finish that story. Don't worry, you still have time. You have your whole life. Yeah, I'll come around to it. It'll be like last time. You'll Maybe. you'll get in a little you'll get in a little slump of something, and it'll be the dead of winter. You can't go outside. Hopefully, though, I'll be able to just pick back up where I left off. And because the problem I I sometimes run into, and that I have run into in the past, is with a game of that you know that size. If I take a break and I stop playing and I go back, I forgot so much that it's hard to get back into it. And it's like, I just kind of say screw it and start over. And then, uh, I mean, inevitably, I end up getting burnt out again before I can get through it. Well, but I'm I'm optimistic that I'll be able to just kind of waltz back in and and figure things out. Because I haven't done too much story stuff. I've just been kind of opening up the map and leveling up. Right. I think last I played, I was in the depths. Okay. Trying to clear that out, but who knows? Who knows? I might. That I might. I might get that itch soon. Might could. Maybe. Might could not. Perhaps. Perchance. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that meme where the the guy writes the essay about Mario? And the opening uh. the opening sentence is like or the opening sentence says, "We all know Mario is cool as fuck." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I that does sound vaguely familiar for some reason. You might have brought that up before. <laughs> and then he ends the first paragraph perchance <laughs> with a question mark. And the teacher 
writes on the notes, you can't just end a paragraph with, with per chance. That's assuming that's, hilarious. that's assuming it's real. Who knows? Who knows in this world? But uh you know it is real. What's real? Dark Harvest, the movie. Finally. Oh, oh yeah, it is. After two years of sitting on a shelf, potentially more. <laughs> yeah. MGM said, fuck it. This movie's Fuck it, put it <laughs> this out. This movie's coming out. It definitely feels like it's been done. <laughs> because like the trailer comes out, and then it's like two weeks later, it's out. At least that, I mean, I don't know. The trailer could have been out, and maybe it just got its way around to us. I guess we'll have to check the date So of when the trailer was uploaded. I looked at the release date of the trailer, and it says three weeks ago. So, okay, if there was a trailer, they, they might have <laughs> delisted it, you know, and then put it back mm-hmm. up. <laughs> like, oh, totally new. This is new, guys. Yeah, so, yeah, so I just honestly, I didn't look too far into it. I just kind of made my judgment call based off of the trailer and the fact that it was October and they were saying that it was coming out this year and it's being the first trailer that I'd seen for it. I didn't think it, it was any chance of it coming out, but I was wrong. You're wrong. I'm good. I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. So do you, do you want to get into our thoughts on the movie? Yeah, we can get into it. All right. So we we have not talked about it at all off camera or off mic. So I have no idea what, where your thoughts are at on this. <laughs> oh, oh, Travis. Oh, Travi boy. You want <laughs> you want to know my thoughts about the 2023 fantasy film? That's what it says on Google. Fantasy. Fa- <laughs> it says it's a fantasy film. <laughs> it's not okay. even a horror film. <laughs> this shit is straight up fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I th- this was the first thought I had when when I when I finished watching the movie. I actually think I wrote it down because because it was really important, you know. I just I had to say it. Somebody had to. And it was gonna be me, gosh darn it. If I could find it though. I don't know if I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's what I wrote down. This is a betrayal of Norman Partridge's original original novel. That's that's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> wow, I disagree. So we'll uh, uh okay we'll get into it, I guess. <laughs> so okay, I'll start say first of all, I liked it. You didn't even did you like it? No. Or you, you didn't like it at all. There were parts of it that I liked, but as a whole, oh. I did not. Oh, okay, here we go. It's gonna be a repeat of last week. I'm gonna have to lay some smackdown on you. <laughs> no, there's not gonna be me being like. I don't know. We'll get into it. There's no smackdown needed. It's just I didn't. Okay, <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um. Yeah, so my initial thoughts were 
the first one being that I, I actually like this. <laughs> um, I was pleasantly surprised. I could see this potentially becoming kind of a cult classic as the years pass on. Okay. Or it might even, you know, be immediate. Who knows? But I, I could see it picking up steam. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? Um, I wrote down that. Uh, so I think that the changes that were made were welcome in a way that they didn't alter the timeline or series of events that happened from the movie to the book all that much. The problem with that I have with the movie, though, is there were things that you changed, but by the time the credits roll on the movie, you're asking yourself the same questions you're ask, you asked yourself at the end of the book. There's Right. I, I felt like while I liked the movie, this movie was kind of in a unique position to add to the novel in a way that you don't really see. Because usually when you have an adaptation, there's a lot of stuff from the book that just ends up on the cutting room floor because you're trying to adapt a novel into a two-hour or an hour and 60, 90-minute, however long it is. You're trying to jam-pack it into a film. Right. With Dark Harvest, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't explained. There was It was very... It was a very, like, focused story. Right. And I felt like with the movie and what we were seeing in the trailer, that there was going to be a little bit more um, exploration or a little bit more depth. And I thought that with the changes that they were going to be making, that we would get some more answers. And we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We, we ended up with just pretty much the same kind of questions at the end. but. If I like the book, regardless of those, then I kind of got to strip that away from the movie. I can't hold that against the movie if I'm not going to hold it against the book. Yeah, that's fair. Those those aren't my problems with the book with the movie. <laughs> so I don't have to I don't have to strip that away. <laughs> you didn't like like so you didn't like the cinematography of it. I did not. I thought. I thought the cinematography was nice. There were some really good shots. So some of them were. My big problem with this was there's there's too many of these scenes where it's kind of up close to characters and the camera is shaking. And I fucking hate that so much. It looks like dog shit. I didn't pick shit. up on that. I didn't pick up on that it at happens, all. It happens three, four maybe five times it happens right in the beginning where uh we see so i guess we're gonna get into it so if you haven't seen this movie we might be throwing around spoilers um and also if you haven't read the book first of all thank you for listening (laughs) if you haven't done either (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know i don't know what brings you here but glad you're here (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, right in the beginning when it shows Jim Shepard winning the past year's run, mm-hmm. it shows all the kids kind of, you know, grab at and start eating the October boy. And the camera is really close to these kids and just violently shaking and they're eating 
the the weird man <laughs> well boy <laughs> i guess the re- alien creature the reincarnated <laughs> boy <laughs> and the uh, and then it happens three like three t- more times and each time i absolutely hated it now the rest of the movie is fine although my big problem is it looks like a 2023 movie and for it to take place in, uh, you know, 1963, which is weird because I don't have that problem usually with other movies, but for some reason, this movie accentuated the fact that it looked more modern. Um, and some of those been... others didn't. I don't. That... I don't know why that is. Yeah, I have the opposite take. I I thought they did a great job of kind of transporting you into the 60s. I think like costume design and uh obviously their choice in sort of automobiles was good. I mean, do you want the movie to be in 480p? Would that help? <laughs> no, I just thought it would be cool to use a non sort of HD 2000 well 2020, I guess. Who knows when they filmed it, but I think you're asking for too much, buddy. It just movies are gonna movies nowadays are gonna be beautiful. They're gonna look beautiful. Things are gonna be colorful. I I don't know if it was just might have been something to do with the color saturation of it because I I think a lot of films that take place in like past decades kind of have brighter colors to to like subtly hint that it is the good old days, and this one just looks like if you if I go outside right now. And film, it'll sort of look like that, and not on the high of a budget, but it'll it'll still kind of be similar. So I don't know. Interesting. Maybe I'm just I just don't like the movie, so I'm trying to find other things to be mad about. Who knows? No, no. <laughs> I mean, if those are your gripes, those are your gripes. I, I so another one I do have is the town doesn't seem big enough. To keep supplying this many boys every year to line up and get slaughtered. You know what the problem with that is? They don't ever show any adults. It's well, they do two times in the movie. It happens when both at the the beginning and the end, where it just shows the Harvesters Guild or the dance, the midnight dance. But throughout the movie, you're seeing. I think you're seeing. Uh, his dad, his mom and dad. You're seeing the police officer. You're seeing a school teacher, one other person, and then the the shop owner and the farmer. That that's a lot of adults, man. Uh, yeah, but eight <laughs> for, adults for as for for as isolated as this story is, for or I should say as focused as the, this story is. Yeah, but eight adults, eight adults for like fifty children. Well, I mean, most of those kids you don't care about, but the kids that are on screen that you care about, most of them you're seeing parents. And you are and even some you're still seeing like the the one friend who was afraid the whole time because he saw Sawtooth Jack when he was younger. That's true. He went home and his parents, you know, pushed him back out the door. So I mean, maybe if there were a few more scenes like that, maybe maybe they could have incorporated the, you see the parents like 
locking the boys in the room. Maybe that would have helped. Or even the parents at the the meeting in school. Because they closed school. So it just seems like a small town that runs this sort of cult-like ritual would invite everyone to the school and be like, we gotta go through it again. The movie also never really explains, like, the age group of these boys. Yeah. So in in the book, it's 16 to 18. So... That's what I'm going to assume because the scene with all of the boys in the gymnasium, you see boys that appear to be different ages. Yeah. So I assume, but then it also begs the question, where was Jim last year? I mean, sorry, where was Richie last year when Jim won? He was nowhere. You'd think he would have been with his brother. That's what I was thinking too. And they make no mention of Richie being on the run last year. They make it seem like this is his first time making the run. And even in the the fake letter that he gets, like, his brother, right, whoever wrote the letter was like, hey, another year has gone by, and Richie's 18 now. So, and then, uh, you know, the run's not everything. Or maybe there's another rule that if only the oldest son goes out on the run, it's... Yeah, but they don't do a very good job explaining. It, 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 yeah. It, you know what they do a good job of? Giving the back lore to why the run happens and what happens if it doesn't. Which we sort of guessed was the reason. Anyway. Yeah, but see, I think things like that are cool and okay to be left up to speculation. But stuff like... <laughs> Where are all these children coming from? Where are their parents? What age group are they allowed to go out? What are the rules of the run? A lot of this, I mean, how many times do they say fuck the rules in this movie? But Yeah, we don't, we don't know don't the really, rules. <laughs> we don't know what the rules are other than girls aren't supposed to do it. And if your brother wins, you can't do the run. But also, they just continue to let them do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's... uh. That's actually one it, of my it, biggest gripes with the movie is... Because they changed, because it wasn't the the character from the book, um, what was his name? Pete McCormick. Pete McCormick. I kept, for some reason I was thinking of Patrick McCormick. I don't know if that is someone, but uh, if Patrick McCormick is listening. Maybe you're getting Patrick from Partridge somehow. Oh, you're totally right. It's just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just forming new names. Because because you because you took his character out, made our main character the brother of Jim Shepard. Like, here's here's my problem. When the parents are at dinner, and Richie says, "I'm gonna do the run," <laughs> I do not give a fuck about any sort of conceit like secret handshake or some oath if you are a parent you're going to immediately say no you cannot do this here's why because <laughs> i don't want to lose another son <laughs> yeah but um i guess them being sworn sworn to secrecy and, and afraid of their livelihood then that i mean yeah but from the, the dad is very much like positioned in this movie like he's a coward yeah but from who because the harvester's guild 
from all we know in this movie is the police officer and a farmer. <laughs> and that's it. And, and the guy who presents the check. And I think those three are enough to... And, and you get three people who are uh, given the presentation in the actual gymnasium. One of them being the cop, which... Why is the cop's name? Yeah, I, I don't know either. Is it Jerry Ricks? Yeah, Jerry Ricks. You get Jerry Ricks and then and then two other people. So I think there's... Coming from the book where there's no Harvester's Guild presence, going to the movie, there there's at least something there. There's enough there to... For there to be a presence, I guess. I think my problem is, while reading the book, I can fill these holes in because like we've said this book is so sort of bare bones and leaves the lore and you know of this run in the town up to speculation that you can sort of while reading fill this in whereas in a movie like if i don't see it it doesn't exist sort of dude there there's gonna be so many people who watch this movie and they're gonna they're either going to like it or not like it, but there are going to be a lot of people that see it and that are going to run to the book hoping to find more depth and more information <laughs> right. and more. And um, they're just going to be let down and they're going to be like, who the fuck is Pete McCormick? <laughs> <laughs> wow, they really changed this from the source so material, that, <laughs> the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a few things f uh, that I have with the change. So I I don't miss Pete in the movie. I think actually the change to to Richie and keeping the story within the Shepherd family is a welcome one because it gives more of a connection between our, you know, our protagonist and Sawtooth Jack. Right. You no. Know, it there there's more to sink your teeth into there with them too. Whereas, you know, it's in the book, it's just Pete McCormick and then last year's winner. But with it, the last year's winner being your brother, there's more there. Um, but the problem, though, is Richie's need and desire to complete the run just feel underdeveloped. Yeah. They, like, all we get is... I want to do the run because fuck the rules. And I mean, you, you kind of see like he, he probably feels like he's the bad kid and it, you know, his older brother was the good kid and he was the kid that the parents loved more. And, you know, there's a lot of things that they could have delved into to give him that motivation to want to do the run. And in, in the book, Pete McCormick has, a great motivation to want to complete the run, to get out of town, to get away from his father who can't basically provide for his family at all. But Richie's desires just seem wacky. They, they seem underdeveloped. It's not a clear indicated reason. Yeah. It, I think we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to sort of fill in the blank that he wants to do the run in order to, go out of the town to find his brother. But even then, it's just... It's never really conveyed in such a way that... It, like, I, I would never say that because 
I don't know if it's actually true, but if he hinted at it or mentioned it or even at the dinner table, sorry, the dinner table yelled at his parents about it, then whatever. I think it would still be flat just because I, I wonder know. if there I wonder if there was more there that maybe got left on the cutting room floor that kind of explained a little bit more of that because a good reason for him to want to leave town is just because he's so tired of everyone talking to him about his brother. Right. Like you get it when uh, him and his friends go into the shop and the shop owner like is talking to him about him not playing baseball and he should, you know, if he had a ha- half the arm like his brother did or just people constantly asking like, hey, where's your brother at now? What's he up to? And if you're constantly being fielded those questions by the entire town and all you're getting is little postcards that saying like, this is where I'm at and you're not really having any communication with your older brother, then that can be frustrating and that could lead you to want to leave town. But we don't get any of that. Another thing that is, it just doesn't make any, a lick of sense to me is the parents are sending these postcards you know, trying to maintain the appearance that, or someone is, someone is sending these postcards to maintain the appearance that his brother is out in the world and exploring. But Mm -hmm. they're just little, there's no effort into this lie. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just a little postcard. Hey bro, see you soon. And then, and then immediately when Richie, you know, is frustrated not having talked, not having spoken to his brother. He says, "Oh, I haven't gotten a letter." And then two days later, it gets. <laughs> it's just nobody, yeah. nobody thought this through. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, but I do remember there being a portion of the book that kind of, and, and this is going to be one of the things that people who watch the movie and go to the book, like this is going to be some of the the little bit extra information that you will be able to pull from in the book. There was a section that kind of talked about or kind of explained like how someone in the town can grow up, learn about the run and their life continue. And they kind of forget about it. And then they have kids. And then next thing you know, they have a son who has to go and do the run. It kind of lays that out a little bit in the book to make it believable that there's this entire settlement of people where this is going on and all of the parents are just completely cool with this happening. We don't get that in the movie at all. Right. Yeah, I just think a lot of these... Uh, the the changes are cool, and I think they are interesting. But I don't think they help a lot. They kind of raise more questions than... The, I don't know. It's it, it it's not a simple process of elimination if you don't fill in the blanks like the reason why Pete McCormick is a good character is cuz like you said we know his motivations we know they're very clear we know exactly what his plans are and you know why he's doing it but we really we don't know a lot about any of these characters maybe my, no, except Kelly really. Kelly's the only one that we get backstory and i guess what i'm trying to say is she's the most developed character and also the the one that hasn't changed much since the book yeah i don't yeah 
as far as the character itself, they really didn't change anything at all. It, it was just kind of told differently. So one thing I liked about them explaining what happens if the the run is unsuccessful and Sawtooth Jack gets to the church before midnight is we get an explanation later in the movie after that's already been explained we get officer ricks uh talking about the passing of his older brother and it happening as a result of the dust bowl that came in so that kind of gives his character that added reason of why he's doing this why he's basically murdering children <laughs> and and being an accomplice to this this uh this um whatever you call it this ritual <laughs> yeah this cult this uh, cult like yeah, ritual <laughs> yeah that that that's something you don't get in the book so i liked that and that's something i didn't pick up on until the second time i watched it obviously the first time i picked up on the the dust bowl thing right right the second time i i didn't it was it's the scene when the father yeah has the shotgun go, yeah so that almost kind of humanizes Rick's a little bit too. And at the very end, uh, right before uh, Rick's dies, when when uh, when Richie just keeps asking him what for, what for, and he's like, why does it even matter anymore? Right? Right. I, I feel like those two things almost kind of humanize Rick's a little bit. But uh, so, so what did you think of Officer Rick's? What did you think about the acting job done here? I didn't like the acting. <laughs> you didn't? Um, I didn't, so I, I didn't have a, I really didn't have a problem with most of the casting because I think everyone did fine. This was the only one I was adamantly <laughs> did not like. It's just, I don't know. This wasn't at all what I pictured in, you know, when reading the book. This is not at all how I pictured him. And that's partly on me, obviously, but... It just, all the lines that he says are kind of screamed at. It, all he does is yell the whole movie. It's like, even when he talks about his brother and we try to get these sort of moments where we humanize him and understand his character, flesh out exactly why he is the way he is, he just goes back to yelling like, You're gonna go back there and do this! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... My favorite one is when he yells at Richie to get out. <laughs> when Richie, I think, I think it was when Richie was trying to just drive out of town, and he gets stopped by Rick. Yeah. And, and Rick's just telling him to get out of the car. He's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, dude! You're gonna give yourself a heart attack. <laughs> this was another scene that highlighted just how few adults or members of <laughs> the law there were. Because it's just, we don't see anyone else except Officer Ricks. And he's he's yeah. supposedly guarding the one road in town that leads somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I For me, I don't have a problem with that because that falls like the kind of the same thing I said earlier. If I have a problem, with, if I don't have a problem with it in the book, it's kind of hard for me to have a problem with it in the movie. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I just wish they would have so, done something where they're at a police station. You see a lot of cops 
And Jerry Ricks is saying something like, all right, well, we got to make sure that everything goes well tonight. And then I don't have to see another police officer for the rest of the movie because I already know. I already know that they're there. Right. Uh, So one another change and it's really not as big of a change uh as the other ones that we spoke on but uh the the way Richie finds out the truth about the run compared to how Pete finds out in the book is different yep so, um so if i remember correctly from the book Pete just kind of finds out from Kelly yes. when they're sheltered in the movie theater and then calls his dad uh, to confirm and his, correct. his dad confirms it. Right. So here in the movie, we get um, Kelly and... Well, I guess before that, Kelly and Richie have an encounter with the October boy. Richie has an opportunity to actually kill him, and he sees the belt, which was his older brother's belt. Yep. So that kind of causes him to hesitate. And later, uh, directly after that, when Richie and uh, Kelly, they go back to Richie's house, that's when he confronts his mom, asks her uh, about the truth, asks her about the letters and everything that like that, and, and she just straight up kills herself. Yeah, that was un- really unexpected. In a, <laughs> in, well, I, she seemed unhinged and they, throughout the so whole So they film. try to... They're building towards that because she's so joyful throughout the film and singing at the dinner table. And then right before Richie and Kelly get back to uh, his house, we see a bottle of pills. Um, so that, yeah, that's what they're getting at. I still, I feel like it didn't, it did, we didn't need that really, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> probably not. They probably could have just already had her dead. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I I don't really have a problem with it. I I do. It seems like it seems like a shock just for shock value and not to build to any anything. It like it doesn't help the characters necessarily because the, the acting that you know follows the mom's suicide yeah. doesn't really reflect like the emotional weight or hurt that that would cause. That's very true. That's very true, because even at the end, when Richie tells the dad, like... Yeah, it doesn't feel, like, emotional. It's just, the dad's like, what? Yeah, it kind of feels like they all saw it coming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, she's gonna kill herself any day now. (laughs) Like, like they, like, he just wakes up every morning, rolls over. Nope, today's not the day. She's still here. (laughs) Oh, hi, honey. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, this the yeah, this felt like a shock for shock and not not to actually build character. Yeah, cuz you could have had Richie and Kelly just storm out and the scene of I mean you could have just had her tell him and he could have stormed out and we could have the movie could have went on just as normal. They never had to go back to the mom again. Yeah, I agree. You know, so the October. I I just want to point out one thing. Also, I know this is just me shitting on it. I promise, I do have things that I liked about it. 
They're not many, but <laughs> I do like some aspects of it. But I want to I want to get this out because it's eating at me. There's a character that they talk about named Annie who was sweet on Jim. And we see Richie go back to his house and Anne is the next door. Annie is the next door neighbor and comes over and smokes with him and asks if he got a postcard. So obviously she still cares for Jim and wishes that he was here. This character is absolutely pointless. (laughs) There is no reason why she is in this movie and her presence makes no difference to anything that happens or helps develop anything. It's supposed to yeah. flesh out the character Jim. But we already got him fleshed out because we we start the movie with him winning the run. We are with his entire family. <laughs> they changed the main character to his brother. And then and then we get to the end of the movie and we find out we actually been with him the whole movie. <laughs> so we <laughs> we don't need these extra characters. If if Annie would have maybe, you know, confronted Sawtooth Jack or discovered it or something, but she's in the movie for maybe a total of four minutes, and I, so, I don't care about it. <laughs> so, to the only thing I could say that having her in the film adds is it okay so it one it shows the lengths that the harvesters guild or whomever is going to to make it believable that whoever is winning these runs is actually going out into the world and you know because you could just keep sending letters to the family or the little brother right and have him believe it that's fine sending uh postcards or letters or anything to a high school girlfriend seems like unnecessary. But uh, I guess it does also show how much the town outside of until you actually, your son actually finally wins and then you're brought into the Harvester's Guild and you learn the truth and you're sworn to secrecy. So her receiving postcards and also believing that Jim is out there in the world. And it it's also coupled with the entire town constantly asking where Jim's at and what he's doing. It's shedding light that, no, the town is completely oblivious of the truth here and what's actually happening. This isn't a situation where all the adults know what's going on and they're turning a blind eye to it. They, they're, they're adding those little things into the movie to try to show that the town doesn't know what the truth and doesn't really know what's going on. I just don't think it's well executed. Yeah. I just, I mean, you're right. That's what it's also meant to do. I just think, I just think we have enough. It's too little. Yeah. It's too little. (laughs) It's a, it's a weird thing to try to explain in a movie where you're not explaining shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just another, question not even question but it's just another sort of set of circumstances that this movie introduces and then fails to expand upon in any way which i guess you can make that argument for the book but the book i think you have more liberties to sort of play you know imagine and you know 
speculate as to what happened. The film feels more of a concrete medium where like what you show me is what I know. And what you, and yeah. what you tell me is what I know about this world. Oh yeah. So uh the only other change that I have is the ending. Um do you is there anything else that you had that I might have missed? Um No, I think that's it. Um Yeah, right. I think that's it. So what'd you think of the ending? Hate it. October hated boy, it. <laughs> October boy loses. I hated it. Uh, really? I I didn't like... I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Actually, it's funny because I didn't necessarily like it, but I didn't dislike it until this point. Some of the choices that were made, you know, had me raise an eyebrow, but I did think that a lot of the interactions between characters was really nice and was building somewhere. So about, I'd say halfway through the movie, I I let my sort of, you know, let my guard down and was like, think I was thinking, oh, there's something, I think they're really going to get this because 30 minutes into the movie, you start to see the interactions with uh, Kelly and Richie more, which is a highlight of the movie for me. And, you know, it kind of gave me hope. But, yeah, I did not like the ending. Um, I, I understand it because as... as Jim Shepard as the October Boy probably, you know... His motivations in the book are clearly stated like, you know, I'm going to win this just as revenge. And this just feels like he gave up too easy. I don't know. But I guess that's because I have the... With with the movie you're not getting... I guess through subtext you could understand that... uh, he wants to win as revenge for, you know, being killed. But he gets shot. You know, Richie's dragging him. And then making Richie shoot him. It just. It feels like. I don't know. I don't I don't like it. It is a bit odd now that you you pointed out. I just think they talk so the town talks so highly of Jim and even Richie in in his interactions with Kelly kind of stresses that Jim was always a guy who was the center of attention everybody loved him but he always made time for him and to sort of ask your younger brother who obviously looks up to you a lot to end your life is like really selfish. (laughs) And I, I just think obviously the character Jim doesn't know that earlier in the night, his mom also committed suicide in front of him. Uh, but it just, it just feels like it's too much to ask. Especially because you know, the fate, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're especially like there's another kid sitting right there with the gun pointed. Like, let that bastard fucking die, (laughs) not my little brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it that way until you pointed it out. But it is weird. If he would have just said 
like, obviously not said, but if he would have stopped his brother from shooting, uh, you know, the bully, which I looked it up and it was the same bully from the, uh, book, Riley Blake, I think his name is, um, if he would have stopped Richie from trying to shoot, you know, the other kid and just kind of used his hands to be like, no, this is fine. You you don't have to do this for me. I'm, it, my life is already over. So, just yeah, just let this guy win. You could have conveyed it, it that seemed, through um, through gesturing. Yeah, it seemed like it was just it was a way to get to the to the ending. Which, how many fucking endings are in this movie? <laughs> like, we get so the first so the first time I watched it. The first time it go like went to the credits, I cut it off. So I missed the the <laughs> what happened after. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was uh watching a review on it and they, they started talking about that scene. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. And I still had the rental active for like another few hours, so I I watched it again. I watched the ending again. Um Damn, so I was gonna say I really liked the ending, but now that you point out, well, what did the, what, what did you like about it? I don't know. I think I I liked the change that the October Boy didn't win. Um, so that that's fine, right? If if they want to change that, but it's just. But I I I guess I, because the book because if if you have someone else win, then. You leave the movie ends with the cycle just kind of continuing, right? But now that you have Richie win and you you have the dad come back and cut him down and kill the farmer and basically telling him to go burn the town down, you leave the you leave the movie like okay, this is gonna be the end of it now. Richie's gonna finish what Jim started the year before, kind of. If if you just have the October boy win, there's no need for <laughs> there's no for the post credit scene. <laughs> yeah, and then you can't have like like I said, you can't have another kid win because then you just you leave. You're gonna leave the movie with just okay. This is the cycle continuing. I guess. This is just something that just came to mind. It's probably <clears throat> stupid and generic as hell, but the only other thing maybe you could have did is you could have fast-forwarded the next year and Richie comes back. And this year he's going to end it and set up a sequel that would have been terrible, but <laughs> maybe it's best we didn't go that route. My thing is the ending in the book is perfect. That's like the one thing that you you don't have to change. It's just, there's so it, much chaos happening. I think it. I think it's perfect for the page. I don't think it would have been great. On you screen. don't think a car crash between those two cars and like limping kids would have been fine. I think that would have brought brought no. some uh, well, some well, no, sorely I, needed action scenes. Well, yeah that. That in particular, yeah, I think there should have been more of a push to the church to get the October boy to the church. It all happened so fast. Yeah, I agree with that. 
what I'm talking about is the very ending. In the book, the October boy just walks into the movie theater on fire and kills himself. That's a great ending on page because, you know, you, you get this part where it explains, like, you know, the movie theater where stories go, you know, oh, that right, whole right, right. thing, right? I mean, you, you could have done that I don't, I don't think church, that. Though. Yeah, you could have, maybe. But I just, I don't know. I like I liked it being, I liked that shot of you seeing the farmer cut, dig Richie up, hang him up, and then you get, you know, the days passing, and then the dad coming down and cutting him down and handing him and saying, you know, burn it down. Yeah, I think for a film, I think for the film that was a good ending. I I don't really know where else you could have gone with it. I just think the original book ending where all oh, there's all sorts of chaos and everyone knows that this, you know, the October Boy won, so they're out of there because they don't want to experience what happens when he does win. Yeah, but okay, so do you just? Do you end the movie and not give any definitive like what where's the October boy now? Or do you do you stick to the book and have him I think I think if you wanted to if you didn't want to do the movie theater because you know, this one didn't really explain the sort of uh connection between that. You could have just had him do the same thing in the church. I just really like the ending book where, or the ending of the, you know, the book where everyone real realizes how terrible yeah. this is for their town and for them. And the rules don't apply here. Like, like the movie says, fuck the rules. And they, they yeah, just leave. I guess, I guess it doesn't work because it, you get the, like I was talking about earlier in the, in the movie, the town really doesn't know the truth. So there's not going to be a push for everyone. I mean, I guess everyone. Well, I don't know. Is that That's another question. Does everyone know you can't leave? There's just too many questions, man. It's too many questions. Yeah. The way the book, the way I interpreted the book was everyone was in on it. All the adults and understood with with the change in the movie or at least what they show in the movie that you know every adult is sort of oblivious to what actually transpires um yeah it it doesn't make sense why no one leaves <laughs> yeah i don't know if it Man. was clearly explained in the book though that everyone was in on it but you just sort of assume because all of the adults are working together yeah Man, I, you know I really enjoyed this movie when I watched it both times this discussion does not seem like I've liked it I really did <laughs> I think so one of the things I liked is I liked how so there was a lot of kind of fan service in, in this like there's a lot of scenes that are directly out of the book and then there are a lot of scenes that were in the book that were kind of repurposed and given to different characters one that stands out is um in the book 
you have one of the kids at the beginning of the run right away with his group of friends go out. You get that scene with Richie and his friends. I like that change. That was that was yeah. good. I like that. You, you get a few of those. The other there's a, there's another one. It's escaping my there's mind a, right There's now. a small detail in the beginning of the movie that I actually really like. It's when Jim wins the run and they have the midnight dance. Uh-huh. You see Richie, and he is sort of clean cut, wearing a polo shirt tucked in to khaki pants. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we see him is a year later when he hasn't talked, you know, he hasn't maintained or been in communication with his brother for this long. Um, He's sort of, they sort of imply that the parents have problems now ever since Jim won the run, like emotional problems. Because at the dinner table, it is a sort of weird scene where the mom is being overly joyous and the dad is you know not there <laughs> he's just off thinking and yeah uh, so it, i did like that detail that richie before jim won the run was sort of straight laced in line to be sort of like his brother minus you know the ability at sports or whatever but uh then the next time we see him he is part of a little little greaser gang um, but yeah, th- them putting Richie in the role of, uh, those three characters in the beginning is great. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, <coughs> you know what I didn't like though? To, well, <laughs> Not to keep well, harping real, on it, but go ahead. Yeah. Real quick to follow up on what you said. I, I didn't have a problem with that because I just kind of assumed like, Richie's parents made him get dressed up for the celebration. Oh, I didn't have a problem with it. I like that. Cause, because, I, so, the first time I watched it, it it is a jarring difference in appearance for Richie. But later on in the film, and, and it's really not that much later, it's when Richie and um the one friend in the group that's kind of like, that's his best friend, when they're smoking and they're skipping curfew and they're talking about their plan. The one friend's like, you know, I can, I can win the whole thing. I can move to the West side and we can live right next door. Like we did in the, you know, when you lived on the East side. So they kind of explain like, no, this has been Richie's group of friends this whole time. I think it's more so Richie's just probably trying to, maintain more of that east side image now that he's on the west side he kind of wants to stay more connected to the east side right yeah i like that i just like that the so if you are right that he's his mom made him dressed up then it still works either way but yeah i think it works especially if you have the mindset that richie was sort of straight laced and all this business of winning the run moving you know his parents being just sort of distance in a weird way that he doesn't understand and and also his brother being just distanced yeah uh so you were gonna say something before i cut in there um oh so i like the change that they put richie in the group of three that went after sawtooth jack immediately the only thing i don't like is I don't understand 
why Sawtooth didn't kill Richie when he had him. Because he's wearing a mask, so you can't really... It just seems like an oversight, because if Richie would have taken off the mask, (laughs) October Boy would leave, and then... I'm glad you brought up the masks. Yeah? So... (laughs) Why do they keep pulling their masks down? Like every five seconds, it it happens in a a few scenes. One when um the other group of kids, uh the the um, the guy that was bullying Richie, right? The first time that they see each other, or when the uh, when Richie's groups of when Richie's group of friends pulls up in the car and they see each other. They pull their masks down to interact <laughs> with each other. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And there's a few other scenes where, like, a character is just walking down the street. They have their mask pulled up on their face. Something happens, and they pull their mask down. Like, what are you doing that for? <laughs> I did. I did like. I. I don't think they talked about it or it was uh, brought up in the book, but I do like the fact that, uh, at least visually all the boys were in costume while they were out right. on the run. It kind of gives that trick-or-treating vibe with, with obviously you can't do trick-or-treating in the in this town. But, yeah, I just found that weird. It, it seemed like they were constantly, like, pulling their masks down. And it's like, these are situations where you would pull your mask <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, you need all your sight. <laughs> yeah. You need peripherals, dude. Uh, yeah. Um... One other weird thing I had. <laughs> Why did we only have the narrator in the beginning? Oh my god, yeah. Talking talking to us just like they are in the book and then they don't come back at all. So I'm assuming that that was the voice of uh, the actor who played Jerry Jerry Riggs. Um so from that standpoint, it might make sense if you were to take into account they have that meeting like at the school with all the participants, but then it, it still yeah, doesn't even make so sense. Much, that, ha- that happened so much later, though. I think that was their intention, was to draw a line that, you know, Jerry Ricks is explaining the rules. You And they, you were going to cut to it. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know. I didn't understand it either. If it was... Also... I don't know. When they're in the, when they're in the gym and they're getting the presentation... And then the group of boys just stops and has this like side conversation. <laughs> Their conversation was so long and loud. <laughs> it's like, okay, like at what point does someone like whoever's speaking or whoever's presenting or even Jerry Ricks, at what point are they going to tell him to shut the fuck up? Yeah, they were, they weren't really whispering. It was just, no, they were talking loud as <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I didn't understand that either. That was something. These that was weird. these weird things in the beginning did throw me off, and like the narration, especially, it works for the book. It does not work for the movie. I say all that to say I still like this movie, though. Let me let me get some more bad things out, and then we'll talk. I'll talk about what I like. Okay. All right. So when the bullies. Uh, run into Richie and Kelly. One of them says, 
or calls Kelly a Negro, right? And my initial thought was, dude, if this guy was going to say something about Kelly's race in the 1960s, the word he's going to say is not Negro. <laughs> like, just didn't feel real to me at all. I would, re- yeah, if you're it- going to, if you're going to even bring it up and make, you know, her race. I think you just cut it out entirely because honestly, they didn't lean on that in any other point in the movie. No, right. Like Ke- Kelly didn't encounter any type of racism in the town whatsoever. Well, there was one point, but it was at the end when she's right. But I'm talking about leading up to right. this point in the film that like it just seemed like it was like, all right, it's the 60s. We got to add this. We got to add it in there. Yeah. If it, it just it, it seemed. Weird. If it would have been something that they built upon and had more interactions where people were nasty to her, I just think that even including a character saying this or bringing it up, they're not going to say that word. <laughs> they're they're going to say the actual word. Yeah. Which I'm not Probably. I'm not advising the use of this word. <laughs> I'm just saying like Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying if you want to be historically accurate, they're going to use the word yeah. Another. Yeah, I think if I think if you're gonna add that that element to the town and the character, which I mean, it would have fit '60s. It would have fit that time. Yeah. I don't. It, it just. It just seemed like it was an afterthought. And then one more thing, and then I'll talk about some good things. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where it shows a group of kids. And I think I believe it's towards the end where they're walking towards the fire uh, at the shepherd house. One kid screams, I'm going to win and no one's going to stop me. Another kid just straight up (laughs) uses a machete (laughs) to his face. I love that scene. This was so stupid to me. I didn't understand. These kids, these kids are crazy, man. They've been starved and locked up for three days. Three days doesn't seem like that long to me. I mean, I've never been locked up for three days, so who am I to say? But five days seems a little bit more appropriate for the behavior that they're (laughs) that they're displaying. Another thing about that is in the in the movie. So in the book, they it was five days. In this, it's three days. But I don't remember in the book. Do they also say food and water that they were deprived of? Because in this one, it, it blatantly says no food and water for three days. Which, like, bro, people would die, <laughs> like, yeah. without water. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. If they cannot eat. That's fine. <laughs> Give them some water, man. What? How are these children going to the bathroom? I think. I don't know if I just imagined this, if I, if I filled in a blank or not. I swear there's a scene where one of the kids just pees in his room. <laughs> it shows him, like, up against the wall, like, holding it like this. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that kid's pissing. Damn. But he might have just been hungry. <laughs> um, Mike could have been. A, I'm hungry. <laughs> Not thirsty, though. All right, so let me get into some things that I liked about this. The actors who played Kelly and Richie, I think they were great. 
they had a real good on awesome. they had a real good on screen chemistry. Yeah, they just worked really well together. They made that they made what could have been a relationship that felt totally one dimensional feel pretty fleshed out. Like there was a natural sort of connection between the two that you could feel. And so it did mm-hmm. help fill in a lot of the blanks of like, why is this woman going with this kid who she just met really <laughs> like three days ago? Um, which I mean, you could say that about any romance movie in or, you know, work, but mm-hmm. they did a good job. I liked them a lot. And mm-hmm. it is nice that the black woman spoilers the black woman gets out of town. She leaves in the car. She's safe. That's just a nice reversal of the usual trope in Halloween horror spooky movies where <laughs> the black person is usually the first to die. <laughs> and, you know, it's great. Yeah. That that flip on uh, the trope, the usual trope is nice. That's good. Yeah. Also... The highlight of the movie for me was when Richie's friend tries to go into the bunker. I loved the idea that there were a group of kids who hid in a bunker like, no, we are not doing this. (laughs) I, I, I like it even more that there was one kid that thought of the idea and charged the rest of them to get in there. That that's amazing. Like I wish that um, would have been more expanded upon. I wish there would have been scenes earlier in the movie where somebody would have come up like, "Hey, if you know, if you don't want to do this, I I have I have, you know, I have ways that you can get out of the run." Uh so one good one other good thing and which could potentially be a bad thing in the movie too is you also get that scene right before um right before they steal Jerry Rick's car mm-hmm. where he pulls up and he drags the kid out of the house. I did like that too. Like, yeah. I like that, but also it's like okay, we've only seen one cop and this seems like a pretty decent sized town, so you know every house what kid isn't and is on on the run like you got a head count, you're walking around taking attendance like Right. <laughs> That's that's the only thing, and it's like, okay, did you go house to house to all the kids that were in the bunker? <laughs> right, because that, <laughs> that's a lot of kids that are just not out on the street. So it, that's the only yeah, thing. Yeah, it does a highlight weird. a weird issue. That is there only one cop in this town? <laughs> yeah, it, it highlights like the lengths that the town is willing to go to, like no kid is exempt, no household is exempt. You're going to get out there. And then at the same time, like you said, it highlights like how many people are involved in this and how are you making this work? Um, so yeah, that that's a bit weird. The only thing about the bunker scene I didn't like, I, I'm probably going to be in the minority here, but all that blood just gushing out of there just, silly yeah it was super silly but for some reason i really liked it (laughs) it was cool yeah it looked awesome it was cool but i think the special effects throughout the movie were great though that one just seemed weird (laughs) just a pool of blood gushing out 
And also, like, they they could have killed them. That many kids down there. They, some of them appeared to have weapons. Yeah, and it's especially weird like, because did he eat all those children in one gulp? Did Jim, like, did Jim eat a bunch like, of bro, children? He, uh, Sawtooth Jack just went down there and started fucking <laughs> ripping people to shreds. Yeah, it... I like the bunker scene. It does highlight a lot of other issues, <laughs> but I, I think I liked it regardless. That that is one thing that the movie does good is you. It shows different kids treating the run differently. Yeah, you got a group of kids that are out there. They they really want to try to win. You got. You know, other group of kids that aren't taking it seriously and they're just walking around trying to get into whatever mischief they can because they got a free night out. Right. You pro- And they probably don't even believe. That's one other thing that's really great here. And that's one good thing about that scene we get when they're having the conversation during the, um, I guess, almost it's almost like a pep rally. Yeah. <laughs> um, is you you see that some kids don't even believe that Sawtooth Jack is real. Or there's the rumor that Jerry Ricks just goes get a goes and gets a prisoner and puts a pumpkin on his head and gives him a knife every Halloween. So they do a good job of like explaining that there's there's discrepancies throughout the town of what actually is going on. See, but then that highlights another issue where if if there are a lot of people who don't even believe that Sawtooth Jack is this sort of mythical being, then why are they so adamant about putting their children? Because if if these kids don't believe it, you gotta assume that their parents also don't believe it. Or at least some sort of group of parents just don't believe it. And so for the idea that there even is remotely anyone who doesn't believe it, and they're still all in to <laughs> put their kids in it. To I don't know. It just it just brings up another silly point of contention. Yeah. I think. Yeah, the I think the movie, just the story in general. But I think I feel like it's more so prevalent in the movie. It's just asking you to suspend a lot of disbelief. Yeah, and and to just oversee and or not oversee but to just overlook things and yeah i think the reason you gotta kind of just you gotta accept it for you gotta accept things for what they are like this is a thing that happens in the town and it happens every (laughs) it just happens yeah i guess that's right so yeah i guess at the end of the day i just felt like a lot of the changes some of them were welcome, but I feel like a lot of them weren't very necessary. And the ending just sort of... The way that it happened was sort of a betrayal <laughs> to the original source material. And... I don't know. It just seems like they they wanted to set this up for a sequel. And that ending with, you know, Richie and Jim's dad... Cutting him down was kind of tacked yes. on a little bit. Mm, yeah, to me that didn't scream sequel. That that screamed like 
this is going to be the end of it. I mean, there's a you could there's the potential there to do it. Um I think for my for my closing thoughts on it, I I just kind of feel like it was a missed opportunity. Right. I, the things that they add are cool, but they don't add anything to flush out this story that so desperately needs it because if I can read the book in four hours and the book is better, I'm not going to watch the movie. Um, Which is so, yeah. it's so weird, isn't it? That, But I like the movie though and it'll probably be like on my list of films that I watch if not every year, at least you know, consistently in some sort of way I'll watch it around this time of the year. It'll be a movie that I go back to, I guess, is what I'm trying to it, say. The movie does a good job of establishing the town and giving off the Halloween vibes. Um, yeah. It's de- it definitely feels like a Midwestern movie, which is cool. But I just think, oh, yeah, a lot of the changes were interesting in maybe uh, the, the initial design phase of this script, but don't really... They don't really, you know, matter and they don't add anything. They don't add any sort of depth to anything. Yeah. <laughs> the town, the lore, the characters. I yeah. I went into this episode really enjoying this movie. And I'm kind of leaving this conversation feeling like I, I feel like you're right. I feel like I liked the movie because it's so it did a great job of capturing Halloween in October. Right. And then it it hit enough of the story beats from the book that I like to for me to enjoy it, but if I look at it too much <laughs> or if I think about it too much it's making my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I didn't mean to uh potentially ruin your future experience you ruined it for me <laughs> your future man. experiences god no i still like it um because th- that's never gonna wear off on me right. that the the feeling that you get from watching like it's the same thing when you watch christmas movies it puts you in like that feeling right this is gonna be one of those movies like trick-or-treat or hocus pocus like you want to get that halloween feel this is a movie that you can go to right i think i'm just a little bit blinded by that honestly it's better than having this (laughs) sort of cynical uh view of it where you know yeah i'd rather be blinded than be able to just enjoy it i think another thing is we read the book so recently that and this is you know a new experience for me. Like I'd never read the book before and really enjoyed it. So to have it sort of immediately crushed (laughs) is a little heartbreaking. Um, Yeah. I didn't necessarily like it. There are things that I enjoyed about it, but that's all I got to say about dark harvest. Yeah. Like I said, my head's starting to hurt. (laughs) I will say that the, (laughs) Again, to stress that uh, the two lead actors who played Kelly and Richie, A plus, 
Those are good young actors. Hopefully this doesn't... I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if any negative press of this movie will ruin anyone's careers, but I hope it doesn't especially ruin theirs. Yeah, I don't think so. So do we want to... Uh, we want to give a tease for next week? The, the conclusion of five weeks of Halloween? Yeah, so, you know... We're we're going on a little theme here. So we started with a little nightmares, then we read the Dark Harvest book, then we just jumped to something totally different. The middle, <laughs> the middle of the month, we had our midlife crisis sort of <laughs> departure. We just we just wanted to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were mad. <laughs> uh, but now we've watched, you know, the Dark Harvest movie. So, what better way to end it than? We started with a little nightmare, a little nightmare, a little, little nightmare. Now we're gonna go into a big nightmare. What kind of big nightmare? A big nightmare on Elm Street. That's right. We've watched. Well, I've watched most of the movies. I have one more. <laughs> What's that? New nightmare, or is it the remake? It's new nightmare. I am not watching the remake, Travis. I want to watch the remake. <laughs> Maybe if I have time, I'll watch the remake. But I'm going into this uh, with the first six, right? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. The first six movies in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. No, no, no. And Wait. New Nightmare. It's Freddy's Dead is five. Yeah, Freddy's Dead is right. six, right? Because it's Dream... Oh, no, you're right. Do, 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 do. Oh no! Wait, I'm still working my way through them. So, so there's Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street two, three, the Dream Warriors, Dream there's Master, seven of them. Freddy's dead. Wait, 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 you, wait. Yeah, Freddy. Yeah, so you got one, two, three, four. Yeah, Freddy's dead is six, and then New Nightmare is seven. Okay. I am currently on three. <coughs> three? All right. We got to, man, no spoilers for it. No spoilers all, for I'm it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's three, huh? What's the best one? What was that? That's no, not the best. Not the So anyway, uh, yeah, so we're, we're starting with, we started with little nightmares. We're ending with big nightmares. We're going to watch the Nightmare on Elm Street film series. Parts one through Seven. Seven. And you're it's a whole lot of. And movies. you're sure it's. Yeah, you got uh, a. Oh yeah, because I because five Revenge, is the dream child, Rachel. and then six is Freddy's dead. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then new nightmare. So we're watching the first six, and then new nightmare, and maybe the remake. We'll talk about, but. Yeah, probably not. We can just skip over that one. I skip over Freddy's Dead too. <laughs> you ain't fucking lying, dude. That's <laughs> that be like we'll spoil that. <laughs> no, that's gonna be two seconds of the episode. <laughs> Freddy's Dead sucked. Move on. You heard it here, folks. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. More like I wish this film was fucking dead, and buried. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. So yeah, that's that's gonna be the uh the uh epic conclusion of this year's five weeks of Halloween. It's also a fitting follow up to last year because last year we did the Halloween franchise. This year doing the Nightmare on Elm Street. So who knows what next year will have in store? I know exactly what we're doing next year. What's well, not your choice? It's my oh, choice. Shit. I was gonna say Puppet Master. <laughs> no. We're gonna do a spin. It's gonna be Miss Rachel all October long next year. <laughs> It'll just be us. Uh, importing MP3s from YouTube videos into our podcast episode for five weeks straight, <laughs> just stealing her content, <laughs> putting it in podcast form. <laughs> How many puppet series or puppet master movies are there? Now I'm really curious. I don't think I've seen any of the puppet masters. I think I've seen one. Puppet masters and uh, Hellraiser. There are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's too No kidding. There's too many. <laughs> How? I count 16. That's just counting the list on Wikipedia. Has the st- <laughs> this is such a good Wikipedia entry for... Uh, the Puppet Master series. It says, Storyline Chronology. The first sentence, As the series expanded, it created many continuity errors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could almost copy and paste that in like every slasher franchise. though, <laughs> Except for maybe Scream. Yeah, the only instance of that really in Scream is the third one. They seem to not mention like a whole lot. <laughs> but... Usually the Scream series is pretty, you know, they're going to address their history whether it's bad or not. <laughs> they, they, keep, they keep their ducks in a row over there. Yeah, unlike this fucking Puppet Master series. It's a choose your own adventure. <laughs> so yeah, next week we're going to talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street film series. And, you know, this is my first time watching most of them. I had previously watched the first one, but... Uh, yeah. This is my first time going through them. Just like last year yes. was my first time going through the most of the Halloween movies. We're just doing. We're yeah. just. We're just learning every day. We're doing new things all the time. <laughs> you know. So this is going to be my second time, uh, at least as an adult, uh, watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't really have too many memories watching it as a kid growing up. Maybe the first one, but. Yeah, this would be my second time. Cool. Well, you know, we only gave you a week to uh, to prepare, so hopefully you have time in your schedule to watch seven movies. <laughs> put, put in that PTO, baby. <laughs> yeah, I guess realistically, we should we should highlight this at the beginning of the the month so we can give people time to prepare if they want to, but. You know, we just like surprising people, so who doesn't love a good surprise? Well, well, once the episode's uploaded, they can, you know, they can listen to it whenever they want to. They can go back and watch the movies. Yeah, I guess we won't have time to spoil every movie and every, every part of every movie, so. Those movies are so old. <laughs> you should already no watch spoiling it. those. Coming from, coming from someone who is watching the series for the first time, you should have watched it. 
before. Okay? <sighs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Man. Yeah. All right, you wanna wanna take us out of here for today? Yeah, sure. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, if you did, we got social media, got Instagram, got X, because that, that's Twitter now. Can't get used to that. We might. We don't ever use X, so yeah, we might just maybe we'll, do away with that. We might just do away with it. I don't know what the new popular social media is though. Is it Blue Sky? Is it Threads by Instagram? None of them. Is it Tumblr? Who knows? We might just we might just be too old for it now. <laughs> well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, hopefully you keep listening, and hopefully next week you enjoy our episode about the Nightmare on Elm Street film series. And just remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone, so find your passion, embrace it, watch seven movies in a week. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Do it. Do fuck sleep. Fuck sleep. <laughs> if you sleep, Freddy will get you. Hey, I mean, that's the perfect way to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street is to stay up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>